0: hello you wonderful listener (laughs) whatever brought you here today listening to this um, curiosity or maybe looking for some wisdom or maybe looking for some comfort whatever it is thank you for thank you for listening i am i am in a rarer I think rarer is a word or it's more rare. Um, I am in a more rare form than usual. Um, so to be totally honest with you, I have been in a very deeply anxious and depressive state over the last mainly week and a half. Um... My breaking point was, and there doesn't always necessarily have to be a breaking point, but when I realized that my nervous system was just kind of completely shot, this was going on about two weeks ago, it was right around June 5th, and that day was the last uh, protest march that I participated in here in LA, and that one was... um, uh, obviously, for you know racial injustice and, and and everything else that we've been marching for around these very specific areas, but this one was really dedicated to Brianna Taylor, who had uh, lost her life a few months back and it was it was her birthday, so it was like actually a really beautiful celebration of you know being with people and again being out in the world. <laughs> um during during covid but but being out there and um, all coming together right, for positive change, and it was very important, but the truth is is that I woke up that morning and i I could feel something like really awry in my nervous system, you know. And look, our nervous systems, and I do mean this kind of collectively, right? We've all been experiencing very heightened feelings, emotions, fears, anxieties, over everything that has been taking place in the world over the last several months. And I don't ever want to take that away from anyone what I want to do is just share my own experience um I woke up that morning and part of me was feeling like don't do this don't go to the march today this is too much on your body and that was the third march that I had gone to in a week and Look, I desperately wanted to be involved. I desperately wanted to be out there. I wanted to be with people, making a difference in in, in the streets, making my voice heard for for change, which is so, so unbelievably deeply necessary. Um, And I wanted to be out there. And what I wasn't really doing was listening to my body, Entirely, because the truth is, is that you know, like a lot of us, uh, you know, I've been on autopilot for a while, and you know, you take all of these external events that have happened and that are still happening, but with COVID, and then with these awful things that that take place in our country, in the world that we need to speak out against. And it's all, of course, it's all been a lot. Of course it has. Um, You know, and then here's me, you know, in an anxious state, wanting to make a difference, wanting to go out there, wanting to make my voice heard. And that anxiety was Well, the anxiety and the passion and the love and the desperation for for change and me wanting to be involved really kind of overrode the sensations. I knew I was kind of feeling in my nervous system a little bit like, listen, you need to slow down and take a break because I've still been working throughout this entire quarantine. Um, You know, I work at an essential job. I I don't think I've mentioned this in recent episodes. I know I definitely did, I think, in my very first one, but I still work at a cannabis dispensary here in Los Angeles, and I've been, you know, with the exception of a couple of different, like, mushroom trips, I've been sober from weed and alcohol for over four months now. So I have been working at the dispensary that I've worked at now for, it's technically going on a year. And I've been working five days a week. So i had been working five days a week. When I wasn't working, I was either exercising profusely or thinking about exercising. Um, wanting to get these episodes out where I can share and feel good about sharing and also potentially make other feel other people feel better, you know, about their own stuff if they're struggling and and, and whatnot. And um I've just been going going and going and going and going and I've always been that kind of a mouse on a wheel going just constantly going and and a couple things that I that I that I started to realize in the last couple weeks were number 1 is a really deep obviously very limiting belief but this very deep belief that I am not worthy unless I am in motion or doing something that has deep meaning or creating something or producing something or doing something that makes me feel like I'm making a difference, you know, and that could mean signing a petition to, to, to going out and marching, but it could also, you know be as simple as me doing bicep curls now here's the thing there's nothing wrong with doing bicep curls but like the way that I have always viewed working out and you know and this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg with a lot of the different you know habits and things that I've done over the years but I obsess I mean I legitimately obsess about working out and you know the food I put into my body and making sure that when I, you know, am not working at the dispensary, if I'm not maybe writing in my journal or maybe recording a podcast episode or talking to a friend or or, or doing something, I'm listening to other podcasts on self-help or I'm listening to an audio book on self-help or I'm physically attempting to chip away at a self-help book. It is more difficult for me to sit down and actually like read um you know because of ADHD and 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 what and that's fine um you know I understand that ADHD doesn't have to control everything but let's be real you know if you know anything about ADHD it's going to it's going to control it's going to control a bit um but I would just I was just going and going and going and I I made this connection to something from you know years ago and I'm not trying to say that this is directly correlated to it, but whenever I first recorded my first episode where I talk about my relationship to antidepressants and to weed and substances and things and behaviors, one of the things that I was doing back 14 years ago before I got on meds was that I was... was a junior in college and I got into a habit of very obsessively working out and was very obsessive about what I ate and it was almost like I was trying to you know overcompensate I was really going overboard and trying to just like regulate whatever erratic feelings were happening within me by doing these other physical things right and it doesn't always have to be drugs or alcohol can be behaviors. I mean, that's from my knowledge, you know, a lot of what OCD is. I mean, it's trying to maintain some sense of control, right? Because we have underlying things that are just like sizzling beneath the surface and, and deep within us. And we may not even really understand what they are. Um... But what occurred to me also in these last couple of weeks was the fact that, you know, here I got off of my meds, I weaned off, I did it with the help of my psychiatrist, I said I want to do this, I want to try this. I just really felt that pull to want to get off of my meds. And I did, and this was early February, and again, this was pre-quarantine. Um a month and a half into me being weaned off. And then of course I had stopped smoking weed and everything like that. Um, which at the time, you know, it was the, it was the not smoking, which I think felt seemed to be like the biggest, um, struggle at the moment, you know, obviously working at a weed store, not being able to smoke weed, or at least not permitting myself to, because I had come to a conclusion that it was really no longer serving me. And, you know and only you can decide that for yourself, you know. I will never sit here and and preach to somebody about their marijuana usage, you know. Obviously there's other substances that, you know, are going to be a lot more questionable, but at the end of the day, I can't decide that for anybody else, you know. You know, you can only decide that for yourself, but I decided it was the right thing for me to do you know in a few weeks then of course it was it was very difficult but it's it's remained difficult because i've been working at a damn weed store this whole time so here i am you know working with these lovely lovely humans at a reputable dispensary but being around cannabis all the time So anytime a difficult feeling would come up or a sensation that I didn't want to feel or I just wanted to escape, I would just fantasize about smoking the damn weed, you know, and that's kind of been a through line, you know, even throughout these, these few months. But what I, but but the connection that I want to go back to is, is realizing that, you know, I stopped taking these meds in early February. I was completely weaned off. Um, By the beginning of March, um, I didn't find a baseline right after that because as soon as I was weaned off my meds, I gave myself the go-ahead to say, hey, I'm going to try and microdose with, with psilocybin now. I'm no longer taking these antidepressants, so now I have the ability to at least more safely in my brain, try these things out to see if they work, you know, and then I mentioned, of course, too, that I ended up having a couple of different like mushroom trips, and then it kind of made me nervous, and one of them left me feeling really depleted, and then I just got nerve-wracked about continuing with the microdosing, so I didn't continue, um, and just, you know, to recap, anytime I took a capsule, you know, of the microdose, I felt okay, you know, it was actually kind of, I felt definitely like a, like a little bit of a boost. I felt like there was a sense of presence. There were definitely some things that were positive about it. But again, you know, I don't know The, the stigma, the stigma of it not being fully well regulated. Here we have a big pharmaceutical industry that pushes medications on people, right? You know, almost in a way where it feels like what do you do? You just take these medications and then you have to take them forever because if you get off them, then you're completely fucked. So even though I've been, I'd been on meds for 14 years and knew that they worked for me and accepted that, I still, I still had this tiny stigma in my brain about pharmaceuticals, right? And (laughs) And sometimes, you know, you might talk to people and, and you tell them, hey, listen, I'm trying to get off my meds or I'm trying to do this, you know what I mean? And people, like, congratulate you, you know? Because people have that stigma too. Um, and not everybody, but there is still a stigma where it's like, good for you, you know? Those are bad, they're not really helpful, they're not this, they're not that. And and it's like, fucking A, you know? there's There's too many layers to this, right? To say this is good or this is bad. But the fact of the matter is... Medication works for some people. Medication does not work for other people. And some people just don't need medication. Um, I will always believe, no matter what, that if there are mental struggles, no matter what it is, seeing a trusted therapist is the most important thing. But as important as I do think medication is, it's not enough just to be on medication. However, people need medication sometimes so again thinking back over the last few months and how I was kind of trying to control and and look of course most of us were because think of how many things have been out of our control with COVID and with everything else I mean this is again this is this is like the ultimate time to surrender you know like what do we have real control over right now and while I had that in the back of my mind, I had weaned off of my fucking medication that had been keeping me afloat for several, several years. And it's okay. I'm trying not to judge myself, right? It's not about judging. You know, I, I had the best of intentions when wanting to try to get off of these medications. I did. But the fact is right now everything is going haywire like in the external universe and then in my own body chemically things were going haywire. Now I didn't recognize this right away because I wasn't feeling deeply depressed and I wasn't feeling deeply anxious but I had very high functioning anxiety and I think I've always had high functioning anxiety but I was definitely kind of going back and doing those obsessive things again like I had said if I wasn't listening to a self-help podcast I was watching a self-help video or talking about only this to people who I love and trust but I was constantly this was always in my brain you know like me wanting to get better me wanting to feel better you know like I just didn't know how to even just sit back and experience any kind of joy or relaxation or, or anything like that. And then, so here I was working five days a week, um, exercising, doing all of the self-help shit. And I think it's also fair to mention, it is very fair to mention that I had a lull in my health insurance back at the beginning of the year. So even around the time that I decided that I was going to wean off of my meds, I was not seeing my fucking therapist and my therapist is lovely and she has been a huge help to me. You know, if I would have fixed my health insurance, I would have been able to resume seeing her throughout quarantine and, and, you know, and see her through a zoom call. But I didn't do that. I like took it upon myself to try and like do all of this on my own, you know, and being sober and knowing that there are all of these 12-step meetings, which I've attended. I attended all of these meetings pre-quarantine. pre And I've attended Al-Anon, which I love Al-Anon. Um, it's deeply helpful with codependency. And even though it is, yes, geared towards people who have loved ones in their lives, who have dealt with alcoholism, I have found it to be very helpful. Because, you know, if you've ever had, if you grew up in any kind of erratic scenario where you felt like you needed to control things or make things better you know even if it's not alcoholism it could be something different so yes it is geared towards you know very specifically in the literature towards people um who have loved ones with alcohol but but al-anon even you know i was going to a weekly al-anon meeting for a year and then quarantine hit and then we had to go into the zoom meetings And I wasn't doing that. Now, I did start to go back to those over the last couple weeks. I went to a couple of them. And thank God I started utilizing my resources. But the fact of the matter is, and I'll just mention this quickly too. So a few weeks ago, um, and I don't think I quite fully mentioned this. I, I had briefly... Like well over three weeks ago, I very briefly for, and I mean briefly, I mean literally for a day, a single day, I tried St. John's wort and I tried this at the suggestion of a friend because it's more natural and because it had apparently done wonders for her. And, you know, a few weeks ago, I kind of conceded because I really started to feel like, you know, I'm not feeling so great. And I wasn't like in a desperate uh, state of mind yet, but I knew I wasn't feeling really great and I decided to give it a shot. But this was the day after I had been taking 5-HTP for a couple of weeks. And I think that there could have very well maybe been a little bit uh, too much serotonin in my system. And so I remember feeling really agitated after taking the St. John's wort. So I got nervous and I thought, well, maybe this is one of those things that's not going to work for me. So I decided to go in with a clean slate and go a couple of weeks without taking like any, any mood supplements, if you will. Well, that day, almost two weeks ago, when I went to um, that last protest that I attended for, for Breonna Taylor, I started to feel a sense of anxiety that I have not felt in years. This was the same type of anxiety that I have felt when I was either just about to get back on meds um, or had weaned off and started to realize like, holy shit, I am not in a good place. But it's that same kind of anxiety, right? And then you start like looking around and thinking, well, maybe it's this and maybe it's this, and maybe it's this. And at this point in time, there are a shit ton of things That contribute to maybe it's this this and this right but the fact of the matter is I was feeling I started to feel this deep anxiety and it scared the shit out of me so I thought okay the next morning I woke up and I took a St. John's wort and I thought I'm gonna stick with this because I have to give it a fair shot now and nothing's been in my system for the last couple of weeks so I'm going to give this a shot. I know that it might take a couple of weeks to, um, you know, kick in, but I'm just going to try it. So right after I did that, I spoke to my management at work and I was able to cash in my sick and vacation hours to take like about a week and a half off of work to just to take some downtime, which I am so grateful that I was able to do. Um, cause I knew that I needed to do it. I was, I was like reaching a point where I was feeling like, uh, I don't know how well I can function right now. And so I was given the gift to be able to take that time off. But that also came, with a lot of anxiety in and of itself, knowing that, oh, now I'm going to have time. And then thinking like, shit, what am I going to do with this time? I have to rest. I don't know how to rest. So the anxiety became more and more and more intense, even with the time that I had off. And even though it's been a rough couple of weeks, there have been a lot of silver linings here. So I'm still taking the St. John's wort. I can honestly say that I feel like maybe it's making a slight difference, but I'm not really sure. I'll tell you something that has been making a huge difference and it sucks to admit this out loud, at least, you know, because of the stigma and of course the stigma that I have perpetuated with it the fact of the matter is I had some old clonopin, and clonopin is, you know, kind of like a, it's like a, it's like a chemical no-no, if you will. You know, it's this addictive benzo, you know, that can, that can maybe ultimately cause more harm than good. But the thing that I was forgetting because I have taken Klonopin in the past. Briefly, for a couple of weeks, while I was waiting for, like, new SSRIs to kick back in, Klonopin's kind of what saved my life because my anxiety was so fucking bad, and it's so bad, it would get so bad in the mornings. Like, my nervous system was just completely, completely out of whack, and I conceded last week and I thought I can't keep doing this. So let's just say that this St. John's wort might work. It's got a similarity to regular SSRIs where it takes a few weeks to get into the system. What do I do in the meantime? And yes, I was I was meditating and I was doing all of these things and I started to reach out and 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 you know, all of these different techniques. Most importantly, I got my health insurance back in gear. I finally had a like a therapy appointment over Zoom like I hadn't had in several months and I did make an appointment with a psychiatrist who I won't be seeing until next week. I wish I could I I could see them sooner, but it is what it is. And so I gave in. I gave in. I I had these these leftover clonopin's that I genuinely didn't think I would even remotely touch and I simply gave in to taking half a clonopin in the morning when I wake up and now sometimes I take one in the mid-afternoon too. But when your anxiety is so badly that you can't even really form a logical thought, it is so difficult to make those wonderful practices that we have work because if your nervous system and your chemicals are so out of balance, there's not a whole hell of a lot that you can do. And I just, I had to I had to give in to that. I let myself give in to that. Because number one, I do kind of believe it. Because I did get to a point where it was like, I can't do any fucking thing right now. You know, I can't hold space for someone. I can hardly hold a conversation without talking about how anxious I am and how, how fearful I am. And yes, we're living in scary times. But at the same time, how I'm feeling right now is unmanageable, right? So it's like, how do I get myself to a point that is at least level so that I can make more logical decisions and that's when I gave in and I was like and I actually spoke with a um if you don't know what this is um you can look it up uh reiki r-e-i-k-i but I was I got um in touch with this woman who is actually a really fantastic reiki healer and I actually spoke with her over the phone last week for 30 minutes telling her about you know all of my fears with this that and the other and she was you know, without you know coming out and saying it, she was basically like, "Listen, you have to do what you have to do so that you at least get to a point where you feel okay, otherwise you can't really do anything. you know It was almost like I was asking permission from this Reiki healer to you know, can I take this this fucking clonopin um Here's the thing that i'm that I'm really realizing right now, and this is something that my therapist said to me um." at our zoom appointment yesterday, she said, Bethany, there's three kinds of people. And again, look, the therapist doesn't prescribe the meds. It is the psychiatrist. But what she said was there's three kinds of people, people who don't need meds, people who can benefit from meds for maybe a temporary time and people who just need meds. And I'm not trying to categorize myself into any one of those necessarily, but I got to be honest with you. I think I fucking need meds. In fact, I know I need meds. Now, I don't know how long I will take these meds because what I also know is that I need some really deep fucking therapy, you know? And my therapist is fantastic, but I'm looking into other things too, like EMDR which is like eye movement desensitization I don't have any information right in front of me to be able to give like a real summary about what it is but it's like it's something that's supposed to be very helpful for all sorts of different ailments you know stemming from anxiety and a whole bunch of stuff but you know something I've really had to come to terms with too in the last couple of weeks and look, things can get exacerbated and we can blow things out of proportion when we're feeling out of proportion. Like chemically, I've been feeling absolutely out of whack, terrified and depressed at the same time. But one thing I really did have to come to terms with in the last couple weeks too was that I have some really deep abandonment issues and I've never really touched upon those in therapy before, which is like, what the fuck have I been talking about in therapy this whole time? You know, it was usually more just like stuff that was happening right now. A lot of the therapy that I've, that I've gone to have, have all been CBT, you know, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which focuses on kind of, well, the now, the now, what we can control now, you know, more of the logical side of stuff. But like a lot of people, there is some really deep healing that needs to occur like within me. I think in order for me to also live a more fulfilling life, but I think it's a combination of that. And I think it's a combination of staying on meds that will regulate my chemicals again, medication for me. I know I've probably said this before, but they never numbed me out. They always just made me feel regular, you know, which is why I know that they have been truly beneficial to me. So it's a series of things, you know, that really take place. And here's the thing, you know, only you can discover what is going to work for you or what is going to be best, you know, but it does, it does involve sometimes just like anything, right? Change happens from really radical events, tragic events. And I'm not, necessarily saying that what I've been going through has been tragic but it's been very painful and sometimes that's where change is 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 bred from and for that I am grateful maybe if I stayed on my meds that I'd still be kind of doing my old high functioning you know high anxiety functioning behaviors that I was and I wouldn't have really learned this lesson you know, sometimes we do have to take chances, but I'm just going to say this right now. And, and I, and I really believe this wholeheartedly. And I'm also going to, I'm also stealing this from, you know, Glennon Doyle says it in her book, Untamed. Uh, she says, take your damn meds. But, but the point is, is that if you are on medication and it's working for you, look, take them there really is no shame and of course you can always decide to try and change things and trying to go off them but sometimes it's not always worth trying to mess with something if it isn't broken and you know the biggest things I've learned over this time are that you know you know with or without meds, obviously with meds, because bet your ass, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the St. John's wort, but if this doesn't prove as effective for me, I will get back on meds. But me functioning in this highly anxious way, you know, out of fear and not love is not serving me. It's no longer serving me. And, and I've come to terms with that. And And I know that change doesn't happen overnight, but I know that I need to implement certain behaviors into my daily routine that I wasn't doing before. Because the last thing I want to do is get back on meds, feel better, and then stop doing the behaviors and the actions that actually help me, you know, like support groups or like these 12-step meetings or like yoga, like meditation, like journaling, all of these things that help. You know, I think it's a combination of a lot of these things and that's where I'm at right now. I I just really wanted to be honest with you and update you on that. And, um, I hope that maybe you got something out of it. I really do. Cause you know, even if you maybe don't specifically struggle with mental illness in a big way, you might know somebody who does and, You know, and it's just being able to openly talk about it. You know, I don't really know. I don't, you know, I think it's my need, my desire to want to help people in whatever way I can that has led me to, you know, disclosing these details about my life that I don't need to be doing on a public platform, but I just feel the need to do it. It feels important to me. And, and it feels important that I was able to at least kind of document the process. And again, this is always going to be a process. But this is where I am right now. Um, there's going to be a brief pause after this part of the recording. And then I'm going to share with you... It's it's a little embarrassing, but it's a poem that I wrote. I actually... Um, even in a fairly highly anxious state, I I drove a little bit outside of LA. I drove up to over to Lake Arrowhead for the day over the weekend, and I sat out in the middle of a forest, and it was this beautiful little forest. And I didn't want to get too far because I was too nervous about getting lost and I was afraid. But I was able to sit down kind of in the middle of a forest setting and I opened my journal and I just wanted to write some stuff. And I didn't necessarily plan on it coming out in the form of almost like a poem, but it sort of did and you know, it is what it is, but I also just kind of wanted to share that with you too, I suppose. So, here's to here's to vulnerability and full disclosures, kids. Um thank you so much for listening this far. Um I love you, I hope you're staying safe and healthy, and most importantly, I hope that you remember to take care of yourself, because the world does need us, yes, we want to be able to help the world, but we have to make sure we are taking care of ourselves first, our bodies, and our minds, because I've said it before, but we can't heal the world from a place of depletion and we have to get really clear on what we think we need and lean into that thank you guys again so much I love you and I hope you have a beautiful week as I sit I smell pine. This wooded area is gorgeous. The air is clean and I am fine. There is a peace here. It's telling me that I am alright. It says to me it's time to recharge your battery. It's time to loosen grips as you're already being held. These fears of the unknown have remained as I have grown. And chemically, uncertainty, new changes leave me thrown. But this place has my back. It has me in its arms. It tells me I have always been safe, that I've never been alone. How was I to know, I say, as I hammered on, filling up my days, pounding away till I hit a wall, nowhere to go, now what to say but this is all i know i tell the spirits in the woods all i've known is to do create produce help take action nonetheless and why do i feel so alone mother earth she tells me you've gotten caught in an ongoing machine a cycle that never breaks a truth that doesn't end At least there's a constant stream of it, but there are always pathways to transcend. Trails waiting for you to climb down and retreat. But when doing is all you know, this feels like a scary place to be. We find ourselves drawn to unknowns, even though we sometimes never take the leap. But it's pulling at us, always, especially when we sleep. It seems that now you are ready to begin a journey into the unknown, where rest and retreat is the win. The answers will come with time. There is no rush here, but your inner wisdom and the divine will speak to you when you become still here. It's an uncertain step, but it's a leap of faith when soon appears the net, you are always safe.